Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Marchecho, and you're listening to episode four. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. My guest today is Marie Osborne. Marie is a Bible-loving, coffee-chugging, loud-laughing mom of three. As a speaker and writer, she is passionate about helping women find peace and purpose through vibrant relationship with God and deep love for his word. When she isn't belting show tunes in her minivan, you can find her on Facebook, Instagram, or at marieosborne.com. And I can't wait for you to listen in. Marie Osborne is with me today at our home studio. Welcome, Marie. Hi, Becky. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited because this is the first interview we've done where I actually got to sit with my friend and look at her face and have a conversation. (laughs) Today, we are going to be talking about rest, among other things. But back, I think it was June of 2018, I saw Marie uh, speak at one of her events that she co-leads with Learen Schmidt. It's awesome. It's called The Breathing Room, but she spoke on rest and it hit me very a lot. We'll say a lot because I have a problem resting or feeling like I'm constantly need to be doing stuff. So when I heard her speak, I um, just felt convicted and I would just wanted to share that with other women in case other women have the same problem I do. So today we're going to be talking about rest, um, probably about some other stuff too, because Marie is a seven on the Enneagram and she likes to talk. I don't know. Am I saying something <laughs> I shouldn't say? No, that's a true statement. Okay. Uh, so Marie, why don't you first just introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your family um, and the work that you do. Um, well, uh, I am a mom of three. I have a newly turned eight-year-old son and identical twin girls who are about to turn six in October. Um, my husband, Nathan, and I have been married for 15 years and um, I'm his first girlfriend. So I'll just hold on to that forever. Uh, We live in North County, San Diego, and I'm uh, mostly a stay at home mom, but also a a writer and speaker. And so I have the great privilege of traveling around and speaking at um, mops groups and women's groups and just uh, sharing, you know, some freedom and some encouragement with women. So that's that's me. That's awesome. Um, so again, coming back to that rest thing, have you, why are you so passionate about rest? Why did you create this talk on it? Um, did you always include rest in your life or have you struggled with it? Oh gosh. So when, when Leanne and I first met and we were talking a little bit about this event specifically, I happened to, um, have been having a number of conversations with women about, being overwhelmed. And that took on a number of, uh, of different, it looked different for every person, obviously, but I just kept hearing this from a lot of people and I felt it in myself too. Just this exhaustion, this overwhelm from so many different things in our lives, whether it's child rearing or it's work or it's just decision fatigue, it's overconnectedness. There's so many things going on in women's lives today that I think add to this feeling of exhaustion and overwhelm. And everybody wanted some sort of relief from that. And I was resonating with this. Why I kept, I think, falling into these conversations is, yes, how do I find some relief from this overwhelm and exhaustion? How do I find rest? And so I started, you know, thinking about it, praying about it, kind of studying about it and um, and teasing out you know, where my different friends and acquaintances were coming from in, in this mutual struggle that we have, regardless of our age or station in life. And, um, and I think that 
it just so heavily resonated with me that I wanted to do something. I wanted to talk about it on um, a more practical level, but not just practical, spiritual, because I think that there's a lot of answers out there. There's a lot of tips and hacks and, you know, wisdom, so to speak, on how to uh, cultivate rest in your life. But what wasn't really hitting the nail on the head for me was the, some of the ideas that seemed very individual to certain circumstances. Like, for example, like, um, you know, like minimizing everything in your home, reducing your schedule and having a very minimal schedule or um, or, you know, cultivating self-care practices on a regular basis. And all of those things are great things to do and they help us to you know, slow down our pace. But I think what I started to to think about was that those things are not attainable and sustainable for everyone in all seasons of life. And if we have a God that says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. You know, he's promising a life of, of some type of rest. And what all of those other tips and hacks and practical ideas to me tended to revolve around was a couple of things. One, trying to control our circumstances um, and exert some sort of control on our schedule, on our home, on our life. Um, And also um, using that control to create ease, not necessarily rest. So if you don't have anything in your schedule um, and you have a very minimal home, it it is a lot easier to feel peaceful and restful and be kind to the people around you. But then what happens when a time of stress hits, when someone else (laughs) ruins your carefully cultivated minimal life, um, how can you still maintain rest? How does the woman who lives a completely different life than you, who still the scriptures say has access to Christ and has access to all the riches we have in Christ, if she is unable to exert that kind of control on her schedule and her life, how is she going to experience the same rest as somebody else who has that kind of control? Well, we all have to be able to experience that same rest. And so um, that's how I started kind of for myself thinking about, I need to figure out what rest looks like outside of control of my circumstances and outside of cultivating ease Mm -hmm. that actually rest is very different than ease or getting a pedicure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is great. I love getting a pedicure. Yeah. But I I think, I don't know if you mentioned that in your talk or if I've heard you say that elsewhere, (laughs) but, um, it's, it's true. You do all these things for yourself. I mean, and self-care, I'm a big component, uh, proponent of self-care. Yes. But I, at the end of the day, that doesn't make me feel like peace in my soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and I think we, when you try to put those things into your life and into your schedule, what happens is then your boat gets totally rocked when your budget doesn't allow for it mm-hmm. or your schedule doesn't allow for it. Or you're in conversation with a woman and she's talking about how difficult things are, are and how overwhelmed and exhausted she feels. And then your encouragement to her is something like spend more time on yourself. You need to take care of you. That sounds very shallow and unfeeling when those things are outside of her realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you're a, a military wife and your husband is on deployment and you have no family around and you have a very limited budget, how are you supposed to make time 
for self-care. You know, if you're a, a, all of these different situations, if you, I, I just started to sort of sit and think the gospel and the scriptures are supposed to be true for everyone in every country and every nation and every season of life and every time in history. And so if what we're espousing is um, a lifestyle of ease that is only accessible to a certain percentage of people with that type of privilege or budget or support, that's not the kind of biblical rest that God is, is, um, is promising us and encouraging us to find in him. So how do we do that? And, um, and I think that, well, one, he does talk to us about a Sabbath, which I think we can cultivate in different areas of our life. I don't have a standard Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, our family doesn't practice that on purpose. You know, there may be a season I've thought about it kind of, there may be a season where we need to do that more intentionally. Um, but I think part of the reason I have um, shied away from that a little bit is for myself to challenge myself to cultivate rest in the midst of the chaos. Mm. Um, this just there's a lot you know we have three kids my husband works full-time I have like I homeschool part-time and I'm involved in other things and I'm trying to write and speak and stuff and I think for me rest looks more like in the midst of things interweaving a, a spirit of rest and also changing my mindset about it. That rest, um, one of the things I talked about in that talk, that the definition of rest is freedom from work or labor. And I think when we read that definition or think about it, we often think of, well, I'm going to leave my job at home or I'm going to leave my job at work and then I'm going to travel somewhere. I'm going to get on a plane and go to Tahiti. <laughs> and That, that does is, sound nice. <laughs> I know. And that is freedom, right? It's all behind me. It's somewhere else. But again, that excludes a large percentage of people. And that also, even for most of us, that mean, that's something that we can only do you know, once a year, maybe, um, even the idea of a Sabbath, I think sometimes is if we weave in a Sabbath, it's like this one day is the day that I will be restful or Mm -hmm. this one period of time, but then the rest of the time I'm still going to push hard and I'm still going to not cultivate the spirit of rest in my life. And, um, when I started to sort of pray through and unpack this idea of freedom from work, um, or labor, to me, it was almost more this idea of freedom from carrying the full responsibility, the full weight of it. And I think that that is where many of us are robbed from our rest, is that we carry the full weight of the responsibility of, of for our homes, for our families, for our jobs, for the people around us. And that is the kind of rest that Christ is talking about when he says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. because he wants to bear the full weight of responsibility. He's the, he's God over my husband and my children and my workplace and all of my projects and any ministry that is put in front of me, any person I'm that's put in my life. Like he's the God over that. I'm not, I don't bear the full weight and responsibility. And so I can serve from a very restful place knowing that I'm doing the best that I can. Mm-hmm. And somebody else is actually the buck stops with him, not with me. I like that a lot because I tend to do that myself, like putting pressure on myself. Even just this last couple of weeks, Vera has been starting preschool 
And I like put on this like weight that like so much responsibility that is she okay? Is she okay? And like, I walked away one day thinking like God took care of her for 20 months before we ever met her Mm -hmm. and provided and cared for this little girl. And yes, I'm her mother and I need to do that, but it's not up to me. And like, I felt once I like realized what I was doing, I had some rest and peace because like, no, God, you are in control of the situation. I don't, it's not all the way up to me to make sure she is okay at preschool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and also I like that too, because there's so many things we have, like doing the dishes and the laundries and that, you know, like their whole house feels like chaos sometimes. And like being able, I love the idea of being able to find that rest, like in the midst of that, whether it's just, I know you had mentioned to me in another time we chatted, just like a posture of rest, like taking that on of like, no, I can carry this with me, like wherever I am, whatever I'm doing. Um, and I think that if we can find rest and peace when we're in the middle of all the crazy things that are going on at home, when you have a little child or just not at all, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, I think that carries over into, um, just every other category of your life and makes it easier. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And I, I think because, because when I started thinking and praying about it and talking to other women, I also realized, you know, when we're living the life that allows us to cultivate rest in a way that looks like that totally looks like self-care or minimizing our schedule or cleaning our homes. Like if that's the kind of rest we're cultivating, when something really hits the fan, like a cancer diagnosis or a death or a divorce, if we have huge bombs drop in the middle of our lives, those are things that are fully outside of our control. And we have built no muscles to cultivate rest outside of maintaining control. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I I was talking to a girlfriend and she was, you know, we were through some of these things and she said, you know, it's just I found that one of the things that I just cannot rest until I've completely cleaned my house. Mm -hmm. And I understand having rhythms and um, and and patterns and preferences. You know, I prefer to have a clean home. It does make me feel more joyful. But. I think it can be dangerous to say I cannot rest until this thing is done, because what happens if, you know, if you have an injury Mm -hmm. and you're unable to clean your home and you have to live in it and you have to see it be in chaos because your husband's doing the best he can and the people helping you are doing the best they can, but your home is in chaos the entire time. How will you cultivate rest? Well, I don't know. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that, that sometimes we need to think through the end to the end product. What if, if this is how I cultivate rest in my life, if this is how I, um, I try to live with peace and joy. And if it's based on this one thing, what happens if this one thing is taken away and it doesn't have to be permanently, it could just be, you know, like a short term thing, like an injury. What happens if that is taken away? How, will I still be able to maintain a posture of rest? And I think the only thing that is consistent is if we fully rely on God. Well, that didn't sit well with me either in having conversations because I think that that can be a Christian cliche. So what does it even mean to fully rely on God? So, um, so one of the scriptures I love for that is Psalm 23, which is what that message, um, that I gave was about. And I think part of the reason why that so heavily resonated with me is because when you look at Psalm 23, what he's doing is describing the shepherd and describing all of the ways that the shepherd's character and knowing who God is and 
um, being in relationship with him and seeing how trustworthy he is and how carefully he cares for us, how that is what can provide us rest. And I loved in reading about sheep, the fact that when they have a shepherd that cares deeply for them consistently and faithfully, that they can get all riled up about all manner of things that rile up sheep, but they see that shepherd and they are all instantly like the flock silences. And I love that picture because it reminds me that if I lock my eyes on the Lord and I keep my focus on him, not on the things that bother me, um, I can find peace. But also only in not just keeping my eyes locked on him, but remembering who he is, who he has proven himself to be, um, his faithfulness and care and attention. Um because only in that in that relationship then can I find rest. Because now I am I'm giving my burden to this shepherd. I'm saying, I know that you can carry this. I don't have to try and figure this out by myself. I don't have to try and ke- carry this heavy weight. You've proven that you can do it. Um, and I don't have to try and control my circumstances. So Yeah, I love that. How is it out outside of like mindset and faith and diligently reading the Bible, like how do you walk away and practically like get to that place, um, in your life? Well, uh, (laughs) I mean, a lot of it, it is, a lot of it is in, in the word, Mm -hmm. you know, in knowing the word and consistently having it in front of me in memorizing it, in thinking on it. Um, it's, you know, it's prayer time. And even as I, Oftentimes now, even as I'm praying about things that are heavy on my heart, I can, you know, just talking it through with him. It's like the Lord is reminding me while I'm speaking, like, I can handle that. I can handle that. I can handle that. You don't have to continue to spin yourself up over it. Um, But I think it's also really watching what I take in. Um, You know, there's a lot of there's a lot coming at us through social media and, and other avenues. And I think we have to be very careful about nuanced messages that encourage us to rely on ourselves. Mm. Um, and, and they don't necessarily seem, um, off base. You know, there's, I think there's a lot of messages out there that seem uplifting and encouraging. There's a lot of messages that say, girl, take care of yourself. You know, you need to practice some self-care. You need to, you know, you have to put on your own oxygen mask before you care for other people. You need to, um, you know, like, and, and we need to be careful and on guard that because all of those things make us feel good, right? They give you permission to pamper yourself. And right. I always want permission to pamper myself. Babe, I saw this on Instagram. I, saw, I need to get I a manicure know. right now. I, know. I mean, uh, for real. And several people shared and liked it. So obviously this is what the Lord wants for me. Um, I think that we just need to be on guard and realize if what I want to cultivate in my life, what I want to practice, the muscles I want to build are reliance on the Lord so that I am strong in that type of rest in any circumstance in my life, then I need to be on guard for messages that say, you know, 
you will find rest and peace in control. You will find rest and peace in accomplishment. You will find rest and peace in, in, um, all of these other avenues. And so, um, so that has been one area I think in the last year that, um, that God has really been challenging me personally in, in sort of saying, you know, I know that you want to keep your eyes on me and you're trying to read the Bible more and you're trying to pray more and you're trying to be in, in conversation and, and keep your mindset focused on me, but you got to be concerned about what you're taking in. And I think it can be really insidious too, for Christian women, because I don't think a lot of us are that great at discerning those type of messages. If they don't specifically say the name of Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know, if someone doesn't say, you know, you don't need a religion. You don't need Jesus. You need this. If they're not saying it explicitly, then most of us, I think, say, oh, well, this is encouraging. I can do it's not, you know, a blatantly against Christ. Right. Um, we need to I think we need to be more concerned, not about the things that say don't believe in Jesus. I think we need to be more concerned about things that say um, that just ignore him and say, add this on to your gospel. Um, you can be a Christian. Absolutely. Follow Jesus, read your Bible, but also here's some extra life tips, right? <laughs> you know, also make sure that you're getting, doing these things. This is what will keep, provide you with rest, which will provide you with happiness and joy and comfort. Um, those additions to what God has provided was has promised us, which is complete rest and abundance and relationship with him. Those things, you know, are can be really dangerous to us long term. Yeah. Are there Maria, are there any like, I don't know, things you follow, shows you watch, anything you've added to your life that give you the right message that help keep you on track? Oh, um, or books or. Yes. Well, um I kind of read a little bit of everything. There's this really fascinating book I read about overwhelm. It's called Overwhelmed. Um, Good title. I'm trying. I know. I'm trying. To, I'm kind of. Uh, I think the the author's name is Bridget Schulte, if I'm remembering it correctly. But she's a Canadian um, journalist, and it was that. This is totally not even a Christian book, but it was really fascinating because she started to unpack why women nowadays feel overwhelmed. And she interviewed a number of people and went all over the world, interviewed, you know, time experts and all kinds of people and stuff. And what was really most fast, she ended up, of course, like with the Danish people, because everybody says they're the happiest. (laughs) But what was really fascinating to me, I think, and the biggest takeaway from that book specifically is that there are hundreds of things in your life that stack up to create your overwhelm and exhaustion. It's not just one thing, because I think we all sort of zero in on one thing or maybe just one specific category. I'm super overwhelmed because I am a mom or I'm super overwhelmed because I am a working mom. But we don't realize it's hundreds of things that stack up things you know, like cultural and societal norms and all kinds of stuff that make our life exhaustion, exhausting. Like when she uh, went to interview all these Danish women, it was, she's going through one of their days. And I just kept thinking, you've done probably 20 things that make your life easier than my life. Like, like, well, like things like, um, like, 
you know, nobody has a problem there leaving their kids in the car for a short period of time when they go inside to get stuff. Well, that is a level of like, it makes your life a little bit easier. You don't have to unbuckle a kid, convince them to get out of the car, walk inside, you know, do your errand while they're trying to tear apart a store, like come back outside. So everybody's like, yeah, no, my kids are fine. I'm just going to leave them in the car. You know, they go to a coffee shop. They just leave their stroller outside with their baby and like have a conversation with people. You know, they... They oh, one of the most interesting things is um, so our Christmas cards, American. Somebody did a study about American Christmas cards and most American Christmas cards or Christmas letters are full of things that we are doing. Right. And, uh, oh, our life is so busy. Little Jimmy has been playing these f- two sports and he's getting all A's and it's it's all accomplishment driven. It's right. that, um, you know, we don't realize how much of it like that seeps American mentality of like independence pull yourself up from your bootstraps, like do, like do, do, do full in American Christmas cards and Christmas letters. And the Danish Christmas cards and Christmas letters all talk about things they do for leisure. So they actually have like their whole culture is based more on what you do with your leisure time. So they they have culturally, they have this book that comes out that goes out to all, all the different areas and they sign up for classes and they all learn things. And everybody's expecting that their friends are taking classes for leisure. Everybody's expecting that their friends are going out and participating in leisure activities like riding bikes or going to exercise classes. Everybody's expecting that their friends are, you know, taking vacations and spending, you know, doing this leisure stuff. So at the end of the year, you get the letters of all of the things they've done. I took this class and we went on this trip and and it's not braggadocious because it's what everybody's doing. They just have a more leisurely um, culture and even their work schedule. This it was so fascinating to read that the idea is they go into work and it's like seven to four, let's say. If you are still answering emails or doing work after that, the cultural feeling is then you must not have been efficient during the workday. Interesting. And it was just like so many things like that that all stacked up that we don't realize how much of our culture seeps into our lives. And so I think that really shaped and changed how I view rest because I kept feeling like, if I just got this laundry under control, mm-hmm. I could be a restful person. But it didn't make me realize, no, there's going to be a lot of things, you know, culturally, societally, circumstances in my life that are going to be outside of my control um, unless I you know, decide to live off the grid or something extreme that that are going to drain me and and keep me from a life of rest. And and outside of moving, you know to some Nordic country and completely changing our lifestyle or, or becoming, you know, like someone that lives off the grid. How can I, how can I espouse some of those things and, and, and have a life of rest, you know, and, and know that God promises the same rest to people who live in those countries as he does to our country. So, how how can he be the same there and here? Well, it can't just be about whether or not you have the freedom to stop, you know, to unplug from work at 4 p.m., whether or not you have the freedom to take classes and those sorts of things. So um, so that was a really fascinating book um, to read through. I think I also um, I'm I'm 
I'm a goal person and I like goals, but I try, I've had to try to stop following people that are so goal oriented on social media. I think part of that is just, um, needing to remove myself from this kind of need to accomplish and need to hustle. Um, I think there are some great women out there who just consistently point to Christ and consistently point to the gospel and say, you know, he's supposed to be everything he's supposed to, um, fulfill our every need. And, um, and I think that those kind of accounts on social media, um, really help me to keep the right focus. Mm -hmm. Um, I think probably consistently what I've had to do is stop looking for, um, for solutions and looking for, for things that are going to point me to relationship. Um, you know, Pinterest is great, you know, bloggers and podcasters and, um, influencers are great, but I think there's a long period of time there, especially, um, I don't know when, especially kind of when Pinterest sort of first like hit it big where it was really easy for us to all sort of start looking for life hacks. And a lot of people were writing in that vein, let's find solutions for your life. Mm -hmm. You know, let's, how can you simplify these things? How can you streamline your home? How can you simplify your cleaning routine? How can you, and, and like I said, solutions are, I love finding solutions. I'm a solution person, but I can't, find my rest in solutions. I can't find peace in solutions. If that is where I'm fine, I'm feeling like that's my heart space mm-hmm. is, Oh, I will feel much more peaceful. I feel more, much more restful. If I just find a solution to this life problem, this home problem, this work problem, um, that's, that's coming between me and my relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so I've had to, that's sort of like a barometer that I'm, I'm starting to filter things through is yes, there's going to be problems that I need to find solutions. I'm an actual person, you know, like why can my kids never find their shoes? Somebody has got to have a blog post about it. And it would be very helpful if there was a solution to that problem, but I can't, say that my rest is going to come from finding a solution to that problem. Right. So the barometer that I kind of try and use when I'm thinking of who to follow and what to read and what to take in is, um, is thinking through what's going to point me to Christ. What's going to continue to build that muscle reliance on the Lord reliance on the Holy spirit for, um, for strength and peace and rest rather than, you know, another solution, another solution, another, you know, practical tip. Mm -hmm. No, that's good stuff. Um, is there anything that you like personally not let go of like things that you do, but like things that you have released to the Lord of like, I just, I don't want to have control. Yes. You're letting it go and you're letting him take the burden like of your life. But is there anything, a category, something specific that you've said, like, I'm just done doing this. And it helps you get more rest or, mm. um, I think most recently, uh, personal transformation and that sounds kind of weird, but, um, like I, like I said, I'm a goal person. I'm a, a solution finder. You know, one of the things that Nathan and I talked a lot about, um, early kind of early on in our relationship is he had told me, you know, he likes that I'm the kind of person that I'm self-reflective and I want to change who I am, but I I don't think I realized until recently that I was trying to 
become a better version of myself in my own strength. Um, I was trying to become, you know, become the kindest, you know, most organized, most on top of it, you know, whatever, like setting personal goals for personal transformation um, in my own strength. And I think in the in the last year, you know, six months or so, I've just become really convicted about how much rest that has robbed me of Mm -hmm. and also how much um, relationship with Christ that has robbed me of because I've been, um, you know, as a Christian, you know that you fall short of the glory of God. And so we accept Christ as our savior. And then we still know that we're sinners. But when you're kind of a goal oriented self, you know, you know, self improvement kind of a person, you go, okay, I got this Jesus. I know that I fall short of the glory of God. So I can't be like you. I'm just, I'm thank you so much for dying on the cross, but now I'm going to try my hardest to be like you, like see you in heaven. Mm -hmm. That's I, I didn't realize that that was the Christian life that I was living for a really long time. And so, um, I think I have just found this new level of rest and peace in realizing that I do need to step out in obedience, but becoming like Jesus or even becoming just a better version of Marie, the the best version of myself out of sheer force of will is not a restful life. And it's not one that um, builds any sort of um, reliance upon him or surrender to him. Mm-hmm. It's one that builds my own pride. It builds self-sufficiency and self-reliance and, and honestly is a form of self-worship because if at the end of my life, I am the best version of myself and I know it's because I put in a lot of time and effort, I have a lot, I feel a lot better about me and who I am and I feel pretty proud of myself. But if at the end of my life, I look back and I'm completely transformed and I know it's because I surrendered to him. Um, then all I have is deep appreciation and gratitude and deep compassion for other people um, and what they're struggling with. And then my answer to them can be, look what God did in my life. Look, he can do that for you instead of looking down and saying, pull it together, put in the effort. You can be who you want to be if you just focus on it and try harder. That's not a message of freedom. That's a message of bondage and effort and um, and just sweating out life. Mm-hmm. But a message of freedom is surrender this to God. See what he wants you to be, what his vision for you is, because it's going to be better than any vision we have for ourselves. And, and partner with him in transformation. Just follow where he leads into becoming the best version of you, the most Christ-like version. And, um, and you'll find rest. I think you've given us a lot of just encouragement, but is there anything else, if there is somebody listening who is just in this season of just complete overwhelm, whatever the season is in their life or just needing rest and looking for it in other places. Do you have any last encouragement for any women who are just in this season where it's really rough? I'd say a couple of things. One, um, don't compare your overwhelm to someone else's. I think that, um, we, we weigh our overwhelm and our exhaustion. And we say, I have no right to be exhausted because my plate's not as heavy or as full as hers. You know, whatever you have that's overwhelming you and exhausting you, it's real and it's true and it's yours. And if it's 
seems small compared to what somebody else has on their plate, don't worry about that. Um, God sees you and he knows what's going on and he knows your burden and he knows how heavy it is for you to bear. So don't compare your exhaustion to someone else's. Um, but also um, that great freedom is not found in in pulling it together and pushing through. Um, you might feel better about yourself and feel more confident in your own ability if you find some solutions, if you organize your life, you know, if you get up earlier, stay up later to try and tackle everything that's on your plate. But that's not sustainable or attainable for a long period of time um, for most people. Um, whatever you have on your plate, whatever's overwhelming you and exhausting you, the only sustainable and truly attainable rest is to sit in relationship with God, to know him, to get to know him um, and know what he is able to do and know him and his faithfulness and trust him to bear the weight of it all, that he is responsible for all of it and he will carry it. And, um, and if you don't know him that intimately, then talk to some other people about who he is, ask them to tell you what he has done in their life and, and, and read the scriptures, you know, don't just go to the Bible to look for solutions, you know, uh, opening it up and saying, okay, Bible, tell me how, how to be a better wife, how to be a better mom, go to the Bible to make, um, make a deposit, not just a withdrawal. How am I going to make a deposit into, into a longer relationship with God? How am I making a deposit into, um, into understanding him and knowing him and growing in, in my knowledge and trust of him? Because in trusting someone else, to bear responsibility, that is when we can release and find rest. So, um, so that's what I would say is, is to learn how to trust him to bear the heaviness of what's on your plate. Thank you so much, Marie. I think you have shared just so much truth and encouragement. And I think women, regardless of what they're going through, I think it's going to be just so helpful. Um, Tell us where we can find you. Where can we follow you? Where can we get more of this truth and encouragement? And tell us when the next breathing room you think it might be. Uh, well, you can find me at marieosborne.com. Um, O-S-B-O-R-N-E. Because apparently there's like five <laughs> weird ways to spell my last name. And uh, you can find me on Instagram or on Facebook at mrsmarieosborne.com. M-R-S Marie Osborne. Um, and that's my handle. Mrs. Marie Osborne. Uh, uh, the breathing room is going to happen sometime this winter. We're not, uh, we don't have a solid date yet, but we're talking about either November or January. So, um, keep an eye out for that too. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorkecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y. M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O dot com. Thanks for listening in.